A Journal of the Plague Year, being observations or memorials of the most remarkable occurrences, as well public as private, which happened in London during the last great visitation in 1665, written by a citizen who continued all the while in London, never made public before. Episode 3 As much as anything, this episode is a meditation on the mood of the city as the plague swept over it. His mind made up to stay, the author now settles into the daily routine of his business, helped in part by the fact that the plague still spared his part of town from the worst of its virulence. Meanwhile, however, further to the west, the death toll mounted steadily through the summer of 1665. As the impact of the plague began to affect a larger area, the author notes that the face of the city was much altered. Sorrow and sadness sat upon every face, he says, and that the city seemed to be all in tears. In walks through the city, he remarks on how deserted the streets had become, and how frequent the cries and screams coming from the houses of the sick. And he observes that the restoration of the monarchy, a scant five years earlier, had led to a rapid increase in the population of London, which in turn meant that many more died than might have even a few years before. It was now mid-July, and the plague, which had chiefly raged at the other end of the town, and, as I said before, in the parishes of St. Giles, St. Andrews, Holborn, and towards Westminster, began to now come eastward towards the part of town where I lived. It was to be observed, indeed, that it did not come straight on towards us, for the city, that is to say, within the walls, was indifferently healthy still, nor was it got then very much over the water into Southwark, for though there died that week 1,268 of all distempers, whereof it might be supposed above six hundred died of the plague, yet there was but twenty-eight in the whole city within the walls, and but nineteen in Southwark, Lambeth Parish included, whereas in the parishes of St. Giles and St. Martin in the Fields alone there died four hundred and twenty-one. But we perceive the infection kept chiefly in the out-parishes, which, being very populous, and fuller also of poor, the distemper found more to prey upon than in the city, as I shall observe afterwards. We perceived, I say, the distemper to draw our way, that is, by the parishes of Clerkenwell, Cripplegate, Shoreditch, and Bishopsgate, which last two parishes joining to Altgate, Whitechapel, and Stephney, the infection came at length to spread its utmost rage and violence in those parts, even when it abated at the western parishes, where it began. It was very strange to observe that in that particular week, from the 4th to the 11th of July, when, as I have observed, there died near 400 of the plague in the two parishes of St. Martin and St. Giles in the field only, there died in the parish of Allgate but four, in the parish of Whitechapel, three, in the parish of Stepney, but one. Likewise, in the next week, from the 11th of July to the 18th, 
when the week's bill was 1,761, yet there died no more of the plague on the whole Southwark side of the water than sixteen. But this face of things soon changed, and it began to thicken in Cripplegate Parish especially, and in Clerkenwell, so that by the second week of August, Cripplegate Parish alone buried 886, and Clerkenwell 155. Of the first, 850 might well be reckoned to die of the plague, and of the last, the bill itself said 145 were of the plague. During the month of July, and while, as I have observed, our part of the town seemed to be spared in comparison of the west part, I went ordinarily about the streets, as my business required, and particularly went generally once in a day, or in two days, into the city, to my brother's house, which he had given me charge of, and to see if it was safe, and having the key in my pocket I used to go into the house and over most of the rooms to see that all was well. For though it be something wonderful to tell, that any should have hearts so hardened in the midst of such a calamity as to rob and steal, yet certain it is that all sorts of villainies and even levities and debaucheries were then practiced in the town as openly as ever. I will not say quite as frequently, because the numbers of people were many ways lessened. But the city itself began now to be visited too, I mean within the walls, but the number of people there were indeed extremely lessened by so great a multitude having been gone into the country, and even all this month of July they continued to flee, though not in such multitudes as formerly. In August, indeed, they fled in such a manner that I began to think there would be really none but magistrates and servants left in the city. As they fled now out of the city, so I should observe that the court removed early, that is to say, in the month of June, and went to Oxford, where it pleased God to preserve them. And the distemper did not, as I heard of, so much as touch them, for which I cannot say that I ever saw they showed any great token of thankfulness, and hardly anything of reformation, though they did not want being told that their crying vices might, without breach of charity, be said to have gone far in bringing that terrible judgment upon the whole nation. The face of London was, now, indeed, strangely altered. I mean the whole mass of buildings, city, liberties, suburbs, Westminster, Southwark, and all together. For as to the particular part called the city, or within the walls, that was not yet much infected. But in the whole, the face of things, I say, was much altered. Sorrow and sadness sat upon every face, and though some parts were not yet overwhelmed, yet all looked deeply concerned, and, as we saw it apparently coming on, so everyone looked on himself and his family as in the utmost danger. Were it possible to represent those times exactly to those that did not see them, and give the reader due ideas of the horror that everywhere presented itself, it must make just impressions upon their minds and fill them with surprise. London might well be said to be all in tears. The mourners did not go about the streets, indeed, for nobody put on black or made a formal dress of mourning for their nearest friends. But the voice of mourners was truly heard in the streets. The shrieks of women and children at the windows and doors of their houses, where their dearest relations were perhaps dying or just dead, were so frequent to be heard as we passed the streets that it was enough to pierce the stoutest heart in the world to hear them. 
Tears and lamentations were seen almost in every house, especially in the first part of the visitation, for towards the latter end men's hearts were hardened, and death was so always before their eyes that they did not so much concern themselves for the loss of their friends, expecting that they themselves should be summoned the next hour. Business led me sometimes to the other end of town, even when the sickness was chiefly there, and as the thing was new to me, as well as to everyone else, it was a most surprising thing to see those streets, which were usually so thronged, now grown desolate, and so few people to be seen in them, that if I had been a stranger and at a loss for my way, I might sometimes have gone the length of a whole street, I mean of the by-streets, and seen nobody to direct me, except watchmen set at the doors of such houses as were shut up, of which I shall speak presently. One day, being at that part of the town on some special business, curiosity led me to observe things more than usually, and indeed I walked a great way where I had no business. I went up Holborn, and there the street was full of people, but they walked in the middle of the great street, neither on one side or the other, because, as I suppose, they would not mingle with anybody that came out of the houses, or meet with smells and scent from houses that might be infected. The inns of court were all shut up, nor were very many of the lawyers in the temple, or Lincoln's Inn, or Gray's Inn, to be seen there. Everyone was at peace. There was no occasion for lawyers. Besides, it being in the time of the vacation, too, they were generally gone into the country. Whole rows of houses in some places were shut up, the inhabitants all fled, and only a watchman or two left. When I speak of rows of houses being shut up, I do not mean shut up by the magistrates, but that great numbers of persons followed the court, by the necessity of their employments and other dependences, and as others retired, really frightened with the distemper, it was a mere desolating of some of the streets. But the fright was not yet so great in the city, abstractly so called, and particularly because, though they were at first in a most inexpressible consternation, yet as I have observed that the distemper intermittent oftened at first, so they were, as it were, alarmed and unalarmed again, and this several times, till it began to be familiar to them, and that even when it appeared violent, Yet seeing it did not presently spread into the city, or the east and south parts, the people began to take courage, and to be, as I may say, a little hardened. It is true a vast many people fled, as I have observed, yet they were chiefly from the west end of the town, and from what we call the heart of the city, that is to say, among the wealthiest of the people, and such people as were unencumbered with trades and businesses, but of the rest, the generality stayed, and seemed to abide the worst, so that in the places we call the Liberties, and in the suburbs, in Southwark, and in the east part, such as Wapping, Ratcliffe, Stepney, Rotherhithe, and the like, the people generally stayed, except here and there a few wealthy families who, as above, did not depend upon their business. It must not be forgot here that the city and suburbs were prodigiously full of people at the time of this visitation, I mean at the time that it began, for though I have lived to see a further increase, and mighty throngs of people settling in London more than ever, yet we always had a notion that the numbers of people which, the wars being over, the armies disbanded, 
and the royal family and the monarchy being restored, had flocked to London to settle in business or to depend upon and attend the court for rewards of services, preferments, and the like, was such that the town was computed to have in it above a hundred thousand people, more than it ever held before. Nay, some took it upon them to say it had twice as many, because all the ruined families of the royal party flock hither. All the old soldiers set up trades here, and abundances of families settled here. Again, the court brought with them a great flux of pride and new fashions. All people were grown gay and luxurious, and the joy of the Restoration had brought a vast many families to London. I often thought that as Jerusalem was besieged by the Romans when the Jews were assembled together to celebrate the Passover, by which means an incredible number of people were surprised there who would otherwise have been in other countries, so the plague entered London when an incredible increase of people had happened occasionally by the particular circumstances above named. As this confluence of the people to a youthful and gay court made a great trade in the city, especially in everything that belonged to fashion and finery, so it drew by consequence a great number of workmen, manufacturers, and the like, being mostly poor people who depended upon their labor. And I remember in particular that in a representation to my Lord Mayor of the condition of the poor, it was estimated that there were no less than a hundred thousand ribboned weavers in and about the city, the chiefest number of whom lived then in parishes of Shoreditch, Stepney, Whitechapel, and Bishopsgate, that, namely, about Spitalfields, that is to say, as Spitalfields was then, for it was not so large as now by one-fifth part. By this, however, the number of people in the whole may be judged of. And indeed, I often wondered that, after the prodigious numbers of people that went away at first, there was yet so great a multitude left as it appeared there was.' 